So it was kind of less about winning. It was just kind of about, all right, let's show off in front of him. Let's get out as far as ahead as we can and stay there. Just keep making birdies. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, just full-blown attack. I mean, just however however low you can take it that day, do it. Hopefully, you know, I get the right kind of grouping on the leaderboard that it falls my way. Hello and welcome to Making the Turn. I'm your host, Vince Draman. Really excited to have you guys back for another episode of the podcast today. I'm joined by Harry Higgs today. Harry is a professional golfer who's based out of Dallas, graduated and played golf at SMU. Uh, he won the 2018 PJ Tour Latin America Order of Merit and is now full-time status on the Web.com Tour in 2019. So we talk a lot today about his 2018 season on PJ Tour Latin America. Uh, we talk just about the experience in general and some of the ups and downs that he went through throughout the season. Uh, we also talk a lot about his 2019 season on the web.com tour and what he's kind of looking forward to. Um, and we also get into some things about his college days and he gives you guys some tips on uh, maybe if you're someone interested in pursuing professional golf, what you should be looking for. So really excited to get into this episode. Once again, this is making the turn with guest Harry Higgs. Hats forward, headphones on, let's go. <laughs> welcome back to the making the turn podcast i'm your host vince Strawman. we're joined today by harry higgs uh harry is a professional golfer who played on pj tour latin america in 2018 and this year has full status on the web.com thank you so much for joining us harry yeah no worries thank you for having me i'm looking forward to it Awesome. We are too. Super excited to get into things, but why don't you just start by telling everybody a little bit about yourself, some of your background in the sport of golf and kind sure. of how you got to where you're at now. Started playing when I was six, I believe, um, on and off a bit. And we moved from the Philadelphia area to Kansas City, where I grew up in fourth grade. So around the age of 10. Um, and we moved right on the 11th hole. The clubhouse was a couple hundred yards away. I mean, there are I would put the clubs on my back and ride my bike down to the club after school. So that kind of really got us kickstarted. And we had a bunch of junior golfers growing up uh, my age, you know, younger, older, and everybody was quality players. A lot of those guys, went, guys and girls went on to play college golf. So we had a, we had a good group and it just kind of hooked. And I mean, I played a few other sports, but they all kind of died off as golf got more and more important. Um, made my way here to Dallas to SMU. Um, was I've been here, I guess, for nine years. I've been out of school. This is my fifth full year as a pro, which it's amazing how how it flies. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I enjoy it here. I think Dallas is I think Dallas is the best place to play pro golf. Um, I'm obviously extremely biased, but uh, I think it's I think it's the best place to travel from. Because in case you got to, you know, those guys on the East Coast sometimes they got to get over to the West Coast. We're right in between, and we can go either way. Two airports. And I love this year being able to hopefully use Love Field and Southwest a bit more because I'm flying domestically rather than internationally. So definitely, no, it's been fun. I, I obviously love the game, um, and I, it hooked me early. We got into tournament golf early, and just the just kind of the idea and the the you know want to just plainly beat people really hooked me. Um, so that kind of spurred me into practice and get better and do what you got to do to hopefully beat people. Awesome. Uh, are you with a, a pretty good group of pros then in Dallas? Do you have a pretty good group of guys that you run Gosh, with yeah. to get to practice with out there? Yeah, so I play at Trinity Forest where they the men's and women's SMU team are, and they host the Nelson. They First year was last year, and they're going to do it for a handful of years more. And um, 
we have, they run an ambassador program, what they call it, just local uh, pros, mainly there's six of us now and then three girls. Um, only one is not a former SMU guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, quite a, a few, a bunch of old teammates and then just, there's so many guys in the area. I mean, gosh, there's even more than I really even know. You, you know, we wind up, you get in an airport and you're all flying to the Bahamas, you know, a couple, a month or so ago. And like, I'm just, you know, Hey, how'd you get here? Oh, I live here now. You know, it's like a lot of guys are coming down here. Um, so yeah, we definitely have a great group. Um, try to organize as many games as possible with guys. I mean, shoot, there's so many guys and there's so many good uh, amateur, you know, handicapped golfers that, that sorry, I got a phone call that, um, that really wind up uh, being great, great guys to play with too. And uh, sometimes they can get a lot of control with, you know, how much they choose to play for. <laughs> uh, less than they play for but it's, it's a lot of fun for sure but definitely very competitive too good good that's awesome uh so let's get into uh pga tour latin america a little bit i know you spent a couple years on the tour before we get kind of specifically into last year and your 2018 season just talk about the experience as a whole being able to play pga tour latin america kind of what that was like with the travel and the culture and all the different things that yeah. go into it yeah i mean it's i i'm mean, gonna give it a 10 out of 10, I mean, there's some weeks are not great um, just because you're just thrown off for whatever reason. And, you know, it is, it's very different than America almost every week. Um, but being, you know, my, my first year out being 23 years old and traveling to some of these places is really cool. And it winds up almost being like a giant fraternity. Everybody, you know, it's usually a, a lot of younger guys, you know, you just kind of get making your way in pro golf out of school. And it's like a traveling circus we wind up. You know, you're on the same flights with everybody. You're, you know, going to dinners with 20 some odd guys and all 20 of us are trying to piece together enough Spanish to get what we're trying to order and, or trying to get from, you know, in an Uber to the hotel or, um, but no, I mean, the, the tour is so well run. Uh, and, and again, I think 2015, it was a great experience. Um, and I didn't probably know I was as ready for it as I was at the time and didn't have a great year and then kind of, but finished the year well through Q school and then bounced around a bit the next couple of years. And then last year for sure, I think it was the best thing for me going back and doing it again. And, you know, kind of having a year where I've said I'm good enough to, you know, play well at this level and make it to the, the two levels above. Um, but to have to go and finally do it was for sure huge, but I think it's great. I mean, any one of them too, there's so many guys that I know that I've met over the years that are, you know, have done obviously done PJ tour Latin America or Canada there are a bunch of guys now going over to China. Um, it's, it's becoming very necessary. I mean, and I think it's only positive. I think, especially in Latin America, you wind up just having to deal with, we'll call it Latin America things that, you know, you, you're thrown off pretty much by the time, from the time you arrive until at least Thursday, you know, when Thursday you tee off, everything's normal. Well, you know, relatively normal. So it becomes easy, but that Monday to Wednesday is tough. If you can find a way to get, ready and, and feel prepared and just able to deal with just Latin America things, you can for sure play better golf. So uh, 2018, beginning of the year, I, I heard on another interview that you did just a little bit about uh, kind of your sticky notes at the beginning of the year after you got done with Q school. So just yeah, tell that story real quick and then we'll kind of sure. get into the season. Yeah. I mean, I got status down in Latin America and then I, came back and I was like, I'm, and I said to Corey Lundberg, who I work with here in Dallas, I was like, man, I'm, 
I'm good enough to win the money list. You know, I'm good enough to be the best player throughout a year on this tour. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I came back and it was a few days later and I was, you know, you hear, you read all these books and then, you know, you see things over and over and over, whatever. I mean, I, and then I just put it on there. And quite honestly, a lot of the times I just forgot that it was there. Um, I did remember after I'd won everything, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's less like let, you know, don't let that dominate everything you do, but let that be what you work towards. The end goal is just that, like what I told myself. Uh, and there were some times during the year as, as I'm sure we'll get into that, you know, I had good, good weeks here and there. And then, you know, maybe got a little astray and kind of went back to, I didn't really picture the sticky note, but went back to what it was written on the sticky note, you know, just, I'm good enough to win the tour. I've got, we played 17 events. Let's do it over 17 events. I'd love to have shirted up, you know, through 10 events and won three of them or whatever, however much I would have done uh, that, that wasn't in the cards for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was make a goal and don't lose sight of it and make sure that I didn't do a great job of making every shot count towards it. But in the end it was, it, it wound up probably being one or I don't even, maybe a half a shot if you could measure a half a shot. So yeah, for sure. Uh, well, just talk a little bit, um, kind of leading up to Peru. Obviously, that was kind of the big week for you, getting the victory yeah. there. Um, but leading up to that event, I know you had been near the top of, of a couple leaderboards kind of going into Sunday yeah. and uh, just didn't quite get it done. So talk just a little bit about your thoughts kind of heading into that week. And then as you get into the, the heat of things on Sunday in Peru, uh, what were you kind of thinking during during that moment as well? I was very fortunate that Peru was the third of three weeks in a row. Um, and then, so we had a week at home and three, and then the two before that were both in Brazil. And I, I did a horrible job of just basically everything. I did not have my best physical game, but also just let everything kind of get into the way of what I normally do. Just making the ball go where it needs to go. Don't, don't get caught up in how everything looks, everything feels, just, just find a way to do it. Um, so I came back, did a little bit of work, and then went to Mexico, so two weeks before Peru, and played pretty well. Still, leading that lead up to that week, I didn't really feel great. And kind of something clicked, like the golf course was, I mean, it was if you didn't hit the fairway, you were reteeing until you did. So it, I think it kind of almost helped in a way that that was, I mean, I just had to start picking shots that I knew weren't going to get into trouble, and I knew could get into play. Um, and did that and kind of built confidence, built confidence, built confidence. Um, came back to Dallas from Mexico. I think I finished 19th, shot five under the last day, and it should have been – it should have easily been nine or ten. Obviously, golf is – it's easy to say that, but I threw away so many shots at the end of the day. It was terrible. But I, I kind of, you know, good, good stepping stone, came back to Dallas – uh, quick, quick stop over to do laundry and then fly down to Chile overnight. Um, got down to Chile and kind of the same thing as Mexico. Like I got in Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. I didn't really feel that great, but just kind of let myself, it was okay that I didn't feel great. You don't have to feel great. You don't have to be great all the time to win, right? Just get it where it needs to go. And Chile, the same thing. It was not re but if you just drove the ball in the rough, you were probably making both. Um, so I started getting the ball in play and, you know, seeing a few more shots be executed the way that I had drawn them up, which really, I mean, that's how any confidence is built in this game. Like if you think and see and feel, and then you get in there and do it and the ball comes off, you're like, okay, this is, let's go do that again, 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 again. 
And I did. I played a really good, a really solid first couple of days. Didn't feel great the first day. Played a little better the second day. Finished well to, I think I was around 20th or so. Uh, and then I shot seven under, which could have been eight or nine, ten under, as it always could. But I was very happy with the, the, uh, the third round, seven under, and it got me tied for the lead. And then the fortunate part for me was that I was tied for the lead the week before Peru because I did everything wrong on Sunday. Like, teed off on the first hole, pulled the three wood, laid up in the left rough, basically laid up in the left rough the whole way down the hole, made bogey on a par five. The first two holes were actually par fives, which is so weird. But And then, and then played a good hole and then just didn't really – I played the second hole well, but didn't really, like, let the second hole be what dominated the rest of my day. Like, man, hey, great. You did a great dive. You played a good hole. Let's go keep doing that. Put the ball where it needs to go. Um, and I think I shot three or four over and never really had a chance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I get down to Peru and kind of – it's a great week. We're staying right at the golf course. Like, you can walk down down the down the gate. The, the course clearly fits me well. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I chose to – didn't really like expressly decide like, Hey, I'm going to let the, you know, the four rounds basically in Mexico. And then the, the three rounds I played in Chile be what dominates, you know, this week for me. Don't really think about the last day. It's like, okay, things are clearly good. Let's just keep making sure I feel kind of the same way before and during each shot that I felt the last couple of weeks. And let's see where we get. And it got me the same. I, I shot seven under on, uh, Saturday to get a one shot lead. And then it was just like, I, I did, I took a moment right before I tee off on Sunday and wrote down kind of the opposite of what I did last Sunday. Just, you know, have a better, the, the cliche of cliches, but have a better routine, you know, believe in myself. And it was, it was just, I was very fortunate. I was paired with a really good friend of mine the last two days in Peru. Um, and he was playing some great golf. And I was fortunate that he was there almost in a sense that it was, less about winning the tournament and just like, you know, he's a good buddy. I just want to beat him. So just I'm going to beat him and see where that falls. But man, I was so much just calmer and so much patient, more patient that last day. Um, and just, it just kind of turned into fun. It was just fun to execute every shot kind of how I thought it was going to be. And then when I didn't just kind of find a way, if you can to make par, if not, no, no big deal. Um, and obviously had a great finish and wound up, you know, fortunately winning, and it was a great time to win with the uh, second, you know, exempt to final stage cutoff being that the end of that week, and I the second place wouldn't have done anything for me. But honestly, I didn't even really. I kind of knew, but I didn't. It didn't really matter. I just wanted to. I wanted to kind of not have fun because it's it's fun when you're winning, but I just wanted to keep kind of feeling and doing a really good job before I hit every shot, and then see how well I can execute what I told myself I was going to do. And fortunately I did it really well for, for almost all of the last day and the majority of all four days in Peru. But it was kind of building to that. I was, it was kind of garbage and no feeling and no nothing and bad golf. And then like a little bit of good feeling, a little bit better physical. And then like, it was kind of all encompassing that week. It's really good mentally, really good physically and really good. Just kind of, routine and just 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 chill man just it's okay if you miss an eight footer it's all right let's just hit it to eight fail the next hole and see if we can pick a better spot or make a better stroke 
Uh, and I was fortunate to add it up that I won the event. For sure. That's awesome. Uh, and so that win vaulted you to, to fifth on the money list. Yeah. Um, from that point, did you feel kind of free to, to just try to chase down that number one spot? What's your mindset after that week in yeah. Peru? Without a doubt. I mean, the, the, the exemption that win gets, you know, the one through 10 get into the final stage after that week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling I'm feeling great. And it was. And then at that point, it was like, OK, obviously celebrate this. And it was not this, the way I thought I was ever going to celebrate. It was just kind of like, all right, well, this is great. It's great winning. It's great beating everybody. But I want to I want to go do this again. You know, I want to I want to do it throughout a full year. Um, and then, yeah, when we got the next event we played was in Argentina and I kind of got the bad wave the first day. Like I played in a lot of wind in the afternoon and I think I was one or two off the lead and beat everybody in my wave and at that point I was like okay things are good enough at the moment now like basically if you don't screw this up too bad you're gonna have a chance at the end to win this whole tour what I win and then I was like oh well that's kind of what I told myself <laughs> here right I mean you kind of forget throughout the year and I even in Chile um one and eight you walk right when you walk off the back of one you're there eight t's right there and on Saturday um, I really, I just said it. I didn't really ever think much about it, but Nicholas Echeverria, who I beat fortunately by $64 was walking off the back of one, having teed off later than I, cause he was playing better. Uh, and he had such a great year, but I was walking and we're good friends. I was walking down eight as he was walking across. I was like, I'm coming for you. And I was kind of like, it was a joke. It was. And then I was like, well, I'm kind of, I kind of really like the way everything's feeling, you know, shot seven under the rest of that day. It's like I kind of kept thinking back on that. I was like, yeah, let's just go. Like, I like to beat people. Let's just go beat, you know, these three or four guys. And I was fortunate I had a former teammate of mine who was second or third at the time um, after I had won. So he was a couple spots ahead of me. Uh, and Austin Smotherman. And I was just thinking, all right, well, I want to I pass him. I can't let him. And then, like, the rest of my guys, the rest of the guys were friends with me, too. So it wound up being, I don't want them to beat me either. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, definitely. But I definitely, the wind frees you up. It, it, you know, being in the final stage, knowing that, you know, worst case, if I can stay in this top five, I'll at least have a couple starts on the web for next year because I've been a conditional member and it's miserable. Um, so trying to eliminate conditional membership, basically. But knowing, okay, if things don't go that great through at the end of this year, going and playing final stage and shooting zero to hopefully gain status. Um, but, no, it, it freed me up and it – that round in Argentina, because it was two weeks off, really, when I kind of got screwed on the wave and playing really well and kind of playing well for the rest of that that week and the week after, I kind of really felt like, all right, this is – I am I felt like basically I was in control. Like I was almost in control of what the guys ahead of me were going to do as well. I, like I was going to – I was going to set the bar high enough that they weren't going to be able to reach it basically. So I kind of felt almost – in you know, my own weird way that in fifth, I was actually in first. Like, I was truly in control. Like, it was just a way to reframe it. I clearly wasn't in first. I was in fifth. Um, but kept moving up, you know, those next three weeks. So Awesome. Uh, so let's look real quick just at that, that last event, kind of the, the thoughts yeah. and feelings going through your mind there. Because like you mentioned earlier, you wound up winning the money list by $64, which over the yeah. course of an entire year is one shot, maybe even less than that. Yeah, true. When you're or, playing, yeah, one, not one tie. 
I mean, right. that, that last event was total go. Like, <laughs> there is no pressure on me. I would, they, and they pair us, you know, in Newsom's on the money list order. So I get to show off in front of Nicholas on Thursday. And I didn't feel that great the first day through the first, like, eight or nine holes. But it was just kind of hanging around, a couple putts here and there, a couple good numbers, you know, okay, make birdie. And he didn't have his best, which kind of almost helped me. And I was like, all right, let's, let's distance myself from him now on this back nine and push as far ahead of him as I can to kind of take care of, because I needed a kind of about a fourth place or better to make up the difference between the two of us. And in that, if I finished fourth, he's got to finish down the list. Um, so it was kind of less about winning. It was just kind of about, all right, let's show off in front of him. Let's get out as far as ahead as we can and stay there. Just keep making birdies, keep doing what you're doing you know, just full blown attack. I mean, just however, however low you can take it that day, do it. Hopefully, you know, I get the right kind of grouping on the leaderboard that it falls my way. Uh, and I think I was in like a tie for second or third throughout the whole week and then kind of made a mess of it on the front nine Sunday. Uh, actually just full blown made a mess of it. I just started thinking uh, it was kind of more so like chili, like every shot, was win or lose the money list like it's not I mean I'm gonna hit the ball hopefully I'm gonna hit it 65 times today but I'm gonna hit the ball some 68 to 72 times and then I still can't control what these guys ahead of me are doing um and I, I played the front nine horribly I hit a terrible tee shot on 10 that wound up in the fairway and I was like I was scolding myself walking up it's like I'm, this is not how this is gonna go I'm gonna just hit some golf shots see how many birdies you can make and let's see where this falls uh, cause I was in such great position and just kind of basically blown it. Um, so yeah, birdied 10, made four birdies on the back nine. And, and fortunately with some, some, uh, bogeys late by the guys in front of me, it was, uh, it was just enough. I mean, barely enough. I didn't think, I didn't think it would be enough. I didn't think how I was going and how everything was, but I figured I did. I was walking up 10. I was like, if you make four birdies, you might have a chance. Like, cause I knew he'd, he'd actually... <laughs> As I was walking to the tee, in the, I think I was in the second-to-last group. He was finishing up 18 because he just didn't have a great week. So and we passed each other. And, he, I mean, all credit to him. I don't know that I'd have been able to do it. But he said, good luck. Go play well. I hope you get it done, um, which was total class by him. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like I, I did enough. Um, but, fortunately, <laughs> things fell my way on the leaderboard that I did just barely. Definitely. Uh, and so for people who aren't as familiar with the way the low Cinco works and the way the setup is, just talk about how big that number one spot is, that $64 that separated you from, yeah. from the next guy, how big of a $64 that is for you looking yeah. at 2019. For those that don't know, that $64 is worth, it, it might not be, you might not be able to put a worth to it. Um, Nicholas, so, I mean, the example, he finished second, and he did wind up getting into the first two web events on his number, but he didn't play his best at Q School either. Uh, he did play well in Panama, so he'll be fine for the rest of the year. But the, the only one that is truly guaranteed is number one on the international tours, and then two through five, basically. You, you, get, it, you get your chance. You get to go to Q School. If you don't finish in the top 40, you basically just get thrown in a walk washer and everybody just gets washed around so if you can get a start on your number or you can monday qualify you better take advantage of that and then it basically with the amount of money you make throughout the year you you know your clothes might actually get pulled up out of the washer and you might get to play for the rest of the year um and i've been through this before 2016 i had conditional status and i never even came close um, <laughs> like two events and 
one of them was a sponsor exemption and then one of them was uh monday the week after but it was after all the reshuffles and everything it made no difference but yeah i mean for me it was it was huge i didn't have to do a single monday qualifier all year long i could make what i could play whatever event i wanted i could play them all i could play 10 of them i mean obviously on the web tour you got to play close to all of them um but to know that i could play whenever i wanted was huge yeah that 64 dollars there is no there is no amount that i think you could you could get me to trade with what those guys have to deal with so Awesome. Uh, so talk just a little bit about that experience so far, being on the web so far this year. Talk a little bit just about how that's been and, and maybe how that's different from uh, PJ Tour Latin America, whether that's just in, obviously the travel is a big part of it, but the, the venue yeah. or the, the players, whatever the, the big differences are between the two tours as well. There, it would be hard for me to find a huge difference. I think the biggest difference is every, everybody on a whole – I don't think everybody on a whole is better, but I think the the field from one to 156 is better. Whereas in Latin America, you know, there might be 30, 40, 50 guys that truly are better than the rest. Uh, and then some weeks, you know, it doesn't come out. You know, I finished 110th a couple times. Like some weeks you don't really, you don't really have your best. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought I played pretty solid in two events uh, and finished 17th in the Bahamas and, 25th the last time we played in florida and thinking about it, i think that and i in florida i think i shot 12 under and lost by 14 um so that that didn't happen in latin america like 12 under now granted it wasn't the it wasn't the hardest golf course in the world but i mean there was some wind and you could get it in the wrong spots here and there 12 under might have lost by like five or six in latin america i wouldn't have won but the overall the the level of play it's just it's just deeper i mean there's just marginal golf solid golf where you know that might have been a 10th place finish or a fifth place finish in latin america if some guys struggled solid golf marginal kind of you know not doing anything great but not doing anything bad is going to be about 25th on the web tour for sure definitely uh and we actually had uh wade benfield on the podcast who played good sure. down in the bahamas in abaco uh just yeah. talk a little right. bit about your experience down there i know the weather was pretty crazy but just that that event yeah. and kind of the the way things panned out for you what was your experience like down there yeah. i mean those those first two events were cool because they're on tv uh, and they made a big stink about the international tour guys you know the guys that won the order of merits in canada and china so i got to do some interviews and, and they they followed our group the first week um the first couple days. So, I mean, it was really cool, but it's, that's, so that's totally new. Like I've never done, I've never done TV. I'm not, and I kind of, I, I was fortunate. I actually played really well both the first two days down there. Um, but did not feel like I handled anything well. Like the only time I felt like settled when I was truly over the golf ball, ready to hit it. So that was, that was good. That's probably why I played well. Um, but Abaco was crazy. I mean, I was mic'd up on Friday so that's a to that that's a totally different experience. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> how quiet everyone in your group is when you're mic'd up. Um, but my brother was with me, and so we're just kind of BSing back and forth. Um, but even us, like it wasn't our we didn't have our normal me and my brother our normal interactions because we were mic'd up. Like I wanted to be as close to myself as I could be, and I just kind of bailed. I just I bailed really hard on not I don't I'm not that animated but like we'll just kind of bicker back and forth and 
I mean, obviously no cursing and I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I won't scream it, but I'll say a curse word or two here and there to myself. Um, but no, and then Avoco the last day was, I mean, it was no, basically the last two days. Yeah. The last two days, I, Saturday, Sunday, I was, I think I started in ninth going into Saturday and I shot seven over the last two days combined and moved like I finished 17th and moved down eight spots. I mean, if you do that any other week, you would go from ninth to dead last. So that should tell anybody how windy it was. I mean, it was thinking back on it, especially that Sunday. I mean, there were shots. 17 comes to mind. It was a par three downhill with, you know, and the water's like out over the hole. So this is the, it, it's blowing hard everywhere. It's really humming here. Thinking back on, I tried to like hit a hold five iron in the air that so you just can't, it just can't go. It can go left. It can't really stay. I mean, cause it's not really going to stay, but it can't go long. So like I would have instead, I would have just taken a three iron out and just chipped it and seen how much I could have ran it. Okay. It would have caught a little downslope. See how, how long I could get this ball to stay on the ground and how far it could go. I mean, it was, and then at 18, you wind up and you turn and go the other way and the wind's blowing at your back. And I remember taking it back and being blown straight forward and like throwing it out to the left. I had a great drive. So it was awesome. Um, but it, this golf that I'll never, I mean, I will never probably play at wins like that again. And I mean, I grew up in Kansas city and I've been down in Dallas now. I mean, I've, I've played in wind. Like I, I love it. Um, but I did not necessarily love that. It was, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Good, good on Wade. He had a great week that week. I don't know how, I don't know how you hold it together. I mean, I played with Scotty Scheffler the last day. I think he shot even or one over. And honestly, I wasn't keeping a score, so I didn't really know. But gosh, it felt like like he was making a few birdies. It felt like he shot sixty six. But he did. He he vaulted up the leaderboard. He had a top ten that that week, I think. But I mean, it was we signed for seventy two. I looked. I was like, "There's no way." I thought you were at least four under. I said, "No, it was, you couldn't." I mean, there were a couple fifteen footers. Like you couldn't even get them close to the hole. The wind was blowing so hard. I mean, it was they need, needed to finish, but there was that. <laughs> borderline like we shouldn't have played i mean you could have played but it was borderline you didn't need to play yeah no that's awesome that's wild um i think those experiences are cool and that's like like you said that's something you'll never forget whether you play good or bad it's one of those weeks you're like i was there i experienced that yeah you just laugh at how i mean just beat up everybody was Definitely. Uh, talk about schedule moving forward over the next couple of weeks, kind of what you're looking forward to um, yeah. in your season and what's coming up. And then maybe just what some of your goals are for this season on the web. You've got full status. So what are, what are you aiming yeah. for? Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm trying to recreate basically last year as, as best I can. I, I did finally a couple of weeks into this year, I took down the sticky note and put up the new one. Yeah. I want to win the, 2019 web tour points list now, but not money list. But yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate to make, you know, have a full schedule and, and be able to play whenever I want. Um, so in that, you know, I can, you can't really shrug them off not so great weeks that much because you got, it's, it's, a, it's a sprint. Like we're going to play, I think it's 24 regular season events. Um, and then the three playoff events. I mean, it's, you got to go, you got to go. If you're playing, you got to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate to make a full schedule and then hopefully piece together enough high finishes to obviously get my PJ tour card. But I, you know, I'd like to prove to myself again, that I'm the best at a certain level and, and do my best, you know, as best I can throughout every shot I hit this year to kind of have that in the back of my mind. Don't, you know, let's, let's just 
let's make a score on this hole, let's shoot a score in this round, and let's shoot some scores in this tournament, and let's see how they add up at the end. Um, schedule moving forward, I'm going to go Monday down to uh, Alexandria, Louisiana, and play the, the All-Pro Tour event, which they do. They play on the two courses that the Monday is for Lafayette. Five weeks off for me going in without any sort of knowledge of what's going to go on you know, in tournament golf for me is no good. So I figured why not just go play uh, my brother who plays as well. He's going to go down there. So it'll be a fun week for the two of us. Obviously I hope what I've worked on these last couple of weeks is it comes into form, but they, I mean, the courses are not that difficult. I mean, there's so many good golfers all over the place. You're going to have to shoot really low to win, um, but I'm kind of using it as a, at least as of right now, I'm saying that I'm using it as a tune up. Um, but yeah, when I get on that first tee, it's just be like, I want to beat people. I want I want to win this tournament. Um, and then we've got two weeks in in uh, or a week in Louisiana, and then a week in Savannah, Georgia, and then a couple of weeks off, and then it's twenty four weeks in a row to end the year. Um, so obviously, I got to find. I'm about scribbled out so many different schedules, which weeks to take off. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to at least take three, maybe four weeks off in that stretch. I haven't quite settled on which ones are which. And then again, like if you're if you were if you played well one week and you were the next week you were planning a week off for me I'd like to keep that going I, I find that you get in a rhythm and you get kind of feel and everything when you're playing um so hopefully I don't wind up playing all 24 I don't think I physically could do it but uh I I, I have heard from everybody else as well that if you make a schedule if you if you if you're gonna take weeks off just take weeks off don't be the guy that's like oh well let's just keep doing it. I'll keep doing it um It'll be it'll be probably easier said than done this year because uh, I don't you're gonna fall on the money list or the points list if you don't play I don't like doing that I like that you know in my mind I, every time I played I just try to just try to ascend just try to pass a few more guys uh, but no I'm looking forward to the year I do I do feel that my my game and kind of how I go about things definitely is good enough to compete at this level um, having proved it to myself last year and then. With some decent finishes, I was so sloppy these these first five weeks that, but had had a couple, couple top twenty fives and you know get get into the top ten, try to get a couple chances to win, see how you know my processes and what I think and how I do things, see how it holds up when I'm around the lead, and then hopefully clip a win or two or three, and then get off this tour. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, something I want to touch on, just being a college golf coach myself, I always yeah. like to check in with guys and, and their college experience. I know at SMU, you guys had a, a pretty special yeah. team and had some pretty cool things going. So just talk a little bit about uh, some yeah. of the guys that, that were on that team, how close you are to them now, and how many guys on that team are, are playing professional golf now, because I know there's quite a few that, that are out yeah, there. Yeah, so my, my last year, obviously, Bryson and then Austin is on the web tour with me. Um, Sam Fedone, who's basically wins every mini tour event of all time. Um, and then he had a great year in, in Canada last year. He was on our teams. Uh, Andrew Buchanan has played a couple years up in, in Canada. My brother, who's playing now, uh, Gray Townsend. I guess I missed Gray. He was, he did not, he was not a freshman when I was a senior. Um, but then my first year, I played with Kelly Kraft too. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of got a little, like, sneaky factory down there, guys, you know, getting in. And obviously with Bryson, we, we get we get a bit more pub. Hopefully Austin and I catch up. Kelly gets his first win. Um, but that, yeah, that 2014 year, it was, it was it, like you said, it was a special team. Um, we were very fortunate to have two of the best coaches that you could have in 
Josh Gregory and Jason Enlow. Um, and I mean, me to, to see where we went from my freshman year to my senior year and how much better we got over those, you know, and even with interchangeable parts, you know, a few guys will graduate and leave for, you know, freshmen. Man, we got, we just, it was, it was kind of the boring stuff. It was every day, let's just get better as individuals, let's get better at a few things. And then that makes obviously the team better, you know, individuals, if they play better, the team will be better. Um, yeah, gosh, that year we didn't, we hadn't won since my freshman year uh, until conference that year. And then we go play regionals and we damn, we, we were almost won it. And then we damn near gassed the whole thing and didn't finish in the top five. Uh, and then the same thing, we're like in third or fourth coming on the last day and we damn near gas it and we barely get in to the, to the final eight, but uh, it was special. We, we definitely felt like we could have won the, the whole thing. Um, I think it, it hit a few of us, some of the younger guys that hit them later that we could have won. Hopefully, you know, had it hit them before that we could have actually beat Alabama, we, we might've beaten them, but we gave them, we gave them a great run, man. It was that, that team with Trey, Corey and Bobby. I mean, that was pretty much. And then Tom Lovelady, uh, Robbie Shelton too. Like I, no discredit to those guys. All five of them are incredible players. Uh, I know, I know Trey, Corey, and Bobby well, and I would love to have beaten them. But uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. It was, and it was cool finishing up in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas, at Prairie Dunes. Like it was a couple hours, eh, maybe three hours from where where I grew up. But I mean, we played Kansas amateurs there and countless other things. It was, it was kind of the perfect way to end. I really did think, and you know, with sit and you know watch tv or whatever and my mind would drift i really did think that like this was made for me it was the first year it was on tv too like it was made for me like i was going to win in, at home in kansas uh unfortunately didn't but uh special team we got we got better just at every tournament throughout the year and we really kind of they 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 implored us to stop worrying about the result the wins will come and we finally got one win and then it really felt like kind of similar to how my golf career has gone like okay I'm I'm good enough to do it now let's just keep doing it you know um unfortunately we ran we ran just a little short in match play but uh it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun getting better with with a group of guys too and and, and two great coaches and great support here at SMU obviously as well and they're they had a couple of lean years you know Bryson left and he's tough to replace um but they are really good now this year too. I think they're. I think they might have fallen to tenth after a second place finish recently, which ah, that makes no sense to me. But whatever. Um, they've got some really good young kids now, and I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing them finish off what we did in a few years ago. Good, good. That's awesome. Uh, we get to a part of the show now that we like to do for a little bit more fun, just to get the the listener to get to know you a little bit better. We call it the Twilight Nine, so we compare it to playing nine holes on a summer's evening trying to beat the sun. Yep, I uh, know that all too well. That's how we all grew up playing, yeah. Perfect. We're going to go nine questions, rapid fire, uh, just whatever comes into your mind, just go ahead and spit it back at me, all right? Yeah. Uh, Go-to pre-round meal. Well, it's usually breakfast, so it's just sausage and eggs. Uh, favorite on-course snack? Lar bars. Lar bars or RX bars. So I'm trying to keep it a little healthy. Nice, nice. Uh, favorite golf course you've ever played? Spring Hill in just outside of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Nice. Uh, best golf tournament to watch on TV? That's yeah, the Masters, no doubt. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, what's your golf brand of choice? My, say that again, sorry. Golf brand. 
golf brand TaylorMade. Uh, what's your current pump up song? Uh, I don't even know the names of some of the songs I listen to. <laughs> something with a, something with like a, a beat, not the crazy stuff, not the boom, 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 but something with like a little low key beat, you know, just kind of you vibe to as the young kids say. I don't even know the names of these songs though. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what's the hardest exercise in the gym? Oh, lunges, lunges. I, I've been trying, I've been trying for years to hinge at the hip. I'm just, well, yeah. We're, we're, it gets better every every day, but it's not great. There you go. Uh, what's the best movie of all time? I, my favorite of all time is Remember the Titans. Nice. Really it's, a, it's a great movie. It's great a great movie. movie. Uh, and then what's your favorite sports team? The Philadelphia Eagles, without a doubt. Nice. My awesome. favorite is the Kansas Jayhawks, I have to say. <laughs> I hate KU. So. That's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, that's our twilight nine. Just something we like to do for a little bit of fun. Uh, get the cool. listeners to, to know you a little bit better, uh, real quick before we let you go, just want to kind of really make sure that, that our listeners get the most out of this. And so yeah. if you were sitting down talking to a player who was looking to pursue professional golf, uh, yeah. what would your biggest piece of advice be to them? Get, uh, maybe not a team, but get, you know, a few individuals around that you trust their, um, their input, their, the, what, what the information is they get you, and then get, that inf- get as much of that information as you can, but don't be afraid to be an individual and decipher it as best fits you. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be this, this way. Find a way that this you know, becomes this because of your input as well. Don't be afraid to put your input into something, uh, but certainly get as much information as you can from those you trust, and then just think you're 500 times better than you actually are awesome i love it uh we talk about the team aspect on the podcast quite a bit and so awesome to to hear successful players talk about it as well um one last thing just go ahead and finish this sentence for me professional golf is it's full of insane people because we are doing something that gives us so little control over the result and we do it for a living (laughs) awesome perfect Uh, i really appreciate you joining us today it's awesome to have you on real quick before we let you go just let everybody know where they can follow along with you and and your 2019 season moving forward yeah it's uh my i think instagram yeah instagram and twitter um is harry higgs 1991 uh h-a-r-r-y-h-i-g-g-s um and then, yeah, I mean, I guess star me on the PGA Tour app and hopefully the favorite doesn't matter. Hopefully I'm at the top of the leaderboard anyway. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, really awesome to have you on and, and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no worries. Thank you and good luck to you and your guys. That wraps up this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for being here. I uh, really want to give you a huge shout out for listening. also want to give a huge shout out to Harry Higgs for joining us today. Harry is somebody who was kind enough to respond to me on just kind of a random reach out. Uh, I think he provided a very great interview and a good episode for you guys today. He provided a lot of insight and some stuff that you guys can really learn from. Uh, Also, always cool to hear from somebody who winds up winning the Order of Merit on the tour that they play on for a whole year. 
no matter how you look at it, that's an awesome year of playing golf. Uh, really excited to continue to be able to produce new episodes of the Making the Turn podcast, as well as some other videos for you here on YouTube. If you're new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button. If you guys are liking the podcast episodes or you're liking some of the other videos, be sure to leave a comment on this video. Really want to be able to communicate with you guys and have some back and forth. I uh, want to learn how I can help you guys when it comes to golf and golf performance. Uh, one, once again, just want to thank you guys for being here. want to give another thank you to Harry. I uh, can't wait to be back next week for the next, next episode of Making the Turn. Thank you guys so much. This is Vince Drummond Golf, and I'm out of here.